Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman, Jr., a faculty member in the department and your host for this podcast. This podcast is a production of the students, faculty, staff, and community partners associated with our department, and we are so grateful for all their efforts in bringing you this valuable information. A special thanks to all our listeners. Our downloads and subscribers are growing, and we are so thankful. Make sure to keep spreading the word about our podcast to your friends and neighbors around the globe as we work to build healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods. Please remember to subscribe to, follow, rate, and review our podcast. Last week, we looked at how our zip code impacts our health outcomes. Today, our students Caitlin and Katie have a conversation with Professor Emily Ahonen, a faculty member in the Departments of Social and Behavioral Sciences and Environmental Health Sciences. Emily shares how the work environment impacts our health outcomes and how the workplace can be a wonderful site for health promotion. We spend a large portion of our lives working, so it is imperative that we remember to include our work time and place whenever we think about fostering community health. Today, I would challenge you to think of one way that you can make your workplace, whether it be your home, school, office, factory, or field, a healthier place for you and others. So let's go have a great day and let's join the conversation. Cheeseman. And I'm Caitlin Pike. And we're excited to chat today with Dr. Emily Ahonen, a faculty member here at the Richard M. Fairbanks School of Public Health in Indianapolis. Emily, can you give us a quick introduction to your role here at the university? Sure. Um, I'm a faculty member in both the Social and Behavioral Sciences Department and the Environmental Health Sciences Department at the School of Public Health. And um, I'm interested, generally speaking, in social determinants of health, particularly uh, work and housing, and in evaluation of interventions. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Today we will be asking Dr. Honan to help us unpack the term occupational health and speak to the role of work within the larger context of health promotion. So just to start off with some broad strokes here. Um, Emily, can you tell us a little bit about the significance of work within the larger scope of community health? Sure. Um, I actually think that work is quite a big part of community health, and we can think about that um, from several, several angles. One of them is that work often takes place in a place, which is physical and locatable, and often that physical locatable place is within a community, and people who live in the community work in that workplace. 
Another way we can think about it is that everyone who works somewhere has a broader identity, which includes non-work places, and they take their experiences of work, both physical and social, back with them to the communities where they broadly spend more time or live. Okay. And when we're talking about community health initiatives, what are some of the benefits of framing work as, as part of that conversation? Well, I think that if you don't, you're missing a large component of what contributes to the status of, of the community's health. So we can think about that from a number of angles. Um, we can start with just what we all know from our own experiences or the experiences of, of people around us, which is that people spend a lot of time at work. They spend a great proportion of their days and their weeks and their lives at work. And so just thinking about time spent in an environment leads us to think about how that environment might impact health. But we can get more specific and think about work as a physical determinant of health. And by that, I mean, what are the job requirements? It, does it have high physical demands? Is it sedentary? Are people potentially exposed to hazards like physical agents, chemicals, virus, bacteria? Um, there are also social interactions in the workplace, um, things like support at work and control of the way is, that work is organized and performed. Um, and then work also provides a large amount of our economic resources. So the money and the other financial resources we have to buy certain conditions in the rest of our lives. So I think that when we think about community health initiatives, we should think about understanding what people in the community do for work and think about how that may or may not impact whatever focus we're looking at in our community health initiative. And if we're not sure, maybe start by asking the people in the community if they think that work contributes to this community health issue. And if they do think so, how? Have them tell you how it does. Um, and I think the benefits of framing work within a community health initiative is that you're recognizing the reality of the community's lives to a large degree. You have a more nuanced understanding of their social connections because work is also a place where we make social connections. And we're understanding the material resources they have as well as potential supports and needs that work might provide. Cool. Thank you. And do you see health promotion as having a role in the workplace? And if so, how? You know, you're, that's a good question because this is something that is coming up in the occupational health community as a point of conversation. Um, often when we talk about occupational health or, or workplace health, we, t we think about health protection, which means protecting people from specific health risks in the workplace. I talked before about chemicals or thinking about injury prevention. But increasingly, we recognize that the boundaries between work and non-work are porous for people. And people bring their experiences from outside the workplace into the workplace, and they take work home. And so in the occupational health community, we've started to talk about 
the role of work as a venue for health promotion of any sort, uh, whether or not the health promotion is directly work-related. For instance, um, there are a lot of workplace smoking cessation programs, and that may or may not have much to do with your work, but work is a place where um, health promotion related to smoking can take place, related to physical exercise. Um, a lot of workplaces have have tried to promote physical activity in the workplace. Um, the other thing that we could talk about is specifically work-related health promotion, um, where we might be thinking about how people manage stressors and the experiences they have from workplace stressors um, and learning not only to to about the stress process and about how that works and about how they can intervene for themselves, but also the advocacy part of health promotion, which is about changing the circumstances which might be causing the stressors in the first place. So I do think that health promotion has a place, and I think that that's best when health promotion taking place in the workplace is also focused on work circumstances themselves and how we can promote a better state of workplace health, not just intervening on factors for workers which are probably not necessarily work-related. Okay. Thank you. And looking forward in a sort of a different direction of inquiry, how has occupational health changed over time and how is it still evolving currently? It has evolved quite a bit. I mean, from the origins of public health, the earliest activists or public health professionals were really focused on the conditions for people in in workplaces and often the overlap there between the conditions of work and for social groups which might be at a disadvantage like immigrants. Um, Some of the earliest movements were about working conditions and the disadvantaged folks who, who worked in poor working conditions. Over time, when we established in the U.S. anyway, and in a manufacturing and industrial workforce. Uh, We were really focused on injury prevention. You can imagine people breaking things and losing limbs in, in factories. And the specifics of that era are that work had a fixed place, which was identifiable. The workforce was identifiable and long term, as well as mostly male. And so the earliest days of formal occupational health were focused on on those areas, mining, um, manufacturing, and the mostly men who worked there. So when we move closer to today, and certainly starting in the 90s, what we see is a change in both the way that work is done as well as who's doing it. (laughs) So the U.S. workforce now is much more female, and much less white and th- than it used to be um, in sort of the classic uh, manufacturing era. The other thing that's different is the way that we do work. And we can think of that same industrial era I talked about before as sort of the era of standard employment. And what I mean by that is that people had clear employment relationships. It was easy to say who the employer was and who the employee was. And the expectations 
of that relationship were clear, right? You worked this many hours in this place at this price, and you got these benefits, um, perhaps a pension, perhaps health insurance, which were related to this employment relationship. Fewer and fewer people have that relationship anymore. And there's a group of forms of employment which have begun to be called, as a group, non-standard employment as compared to that standard era. And what we mean by that is, is any number of things. Um, sometimes it's called contingent employment in the U.S., and what that means is work that is not expected to last. So an employment relationship which is not expected to be longstanding as, as standard employment was. Um, we can also talk about precarious employment, which is not only that people don't know whether their work will last, but they also don't have much influence over the conditions, over the way that work is done. Pay and benefits may be inadequate, um, and workers may feel that they lack the ability to influence those conditions. So precarious employment takes into consideration the experience and the perception of workers. But we also have even newer forms of employment, things like the gig economy, um, where people use apps and work very part-time, or they work a very part-time gig in addition to some other job. And so this has implications not only for how we think about work health, workplace health protection and promotion, as well as how we think about um, what people might need in terms of protection and promotion. So many people who work in non-standard employment don't go to a fixed workplace. So work as a place to reach people is not really true for some people. Um, work as with sort of the classic hazards at work is also different, and we know less about what might be the health um, promoting aspects of these new forms of work or the health damaging effects of these new forms of work. And so, you know, if I have to sum up and say how has occupational health changed over time, what employment and work looks like for people has really changed. And so occupational health, whether it's people who practice protecting people at work and promoting their health, or researchers who study it, have to come up with new um, new ways of doing that. And so we're kind of in, in the thick of that evolution right now, is what does workplace health protection and promotion look like if people have non-standard employment? Wow. So a very changing landscape. Very changed. Very changed from the beginning of, of all of this. All right. Well, before we sign off here, Emily, and again, thank you for joining us today. Um, are you able to leave us with a call to action of sorts? Yes. <laughs> yes, I can leave you with a call to action, and it's this. Regardless of what you are interested in as a, a public health practitioner or a researcher or someone who goes off and does something else entirely, I'd like to challenge you to consider the role of work in whatever public health issue you're focused on. Think through whether work might be contributing to the issue you're focused on, diabetes, asthma, uh, physical activity, any of the things you might be focused on, think about how work might contribute and think about how you might leverage work to improve the problem that you're working on. So that's, that's my challenge to you and my call to action is don't forget about work. It's a huge, huge part of people's lives and a social determinant of health. All right, well, thank you very much. And thank you all for joining us today.